We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Morning, everybody. Wrap it up. The work week is Friday. You're tuned into the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I am the Looch, and I'm filling in for Stevie. And I'm joined by my guy TJ Zwarich, and we've been together all of Thursday night. How are you? Doing well. Managed to make a little profit on the NFL show, and now excited to dive back into NBA. I didn't play NBA on Thursday night on the morning grind and then doing FanDuel Friday with Dre. So I'm definitely going to be playing Friday night. So uh, I'm ready to get into it and happy to be doing so with my friend, the Looch. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Hey, you have a, a very interesting slate. That's for sure. A lot of injury news and some suspension news and Kyrie Irving won't be playing and the nets are imploding and they get rid of Steve Nash. And it's the same old story with Kyrie Irving not being available for one reason or the other. What a segue to one of the seven o'clock games as Brooklyn travels to Washington. And we got to start on the net side of things. Kyrie's not playing. Ben Simmons won't travel with the Nets for either of their next two games. It's just like that Will Smith meme where no one's left in the house. Again, it's just Kevin Durant and a bunch of role players, TJ. So what does that mean? I hope this play on a 12 game slate will go somewhat overlooked. It's kind of tough to know. I doubt it because the projection teams everywhere are always so darn good, but I mean, so goes without saying Kevin Durant among the top sped ups on the slate, if not the best spend up on the entire slate, but Edmund Sumner, I feel like people might look at game logs and minutes and get a little worried. But last game, he started playing a lot more. And when Irving was struggling, he was the one that went out there and he can basically play any position for them. Edwin, Edmund Sumner, I think would be my favorite value play from the Nets. We're going to play this Russian roulette game again. Is it going to be David Duke Jr., Edmund Sumner, who's a new face in Brooklyn, but We saw him have some decent little usage games from time to time with the Pacers, and they still have Patty Mills floating around, uh, and Cam Thomas, who doesn't really play anymore. So we'll see who they start. There's definitely some value here. 
And, you know, this is a big slate and there's a ton of studs, but obviously it goes without saying Kevin Durant uh, without Kyrie Irving on the floor, without Ben Simmons on the floor. Uh, I'll just tell you this. If you take off Harden and you take off Irving for the last two seasons, uh, Durant averages 53 FanDuel points per 36 minutes, and he scores about four more real points per 36 minutes with a spot-on 36% usage. So there's no reason to not play Kevin Durant, and you got the little going home to the D.C. area narrative tied in with that as well. Uh, Another guy I think is interesting in – you know, I don't know how much ownership Royce O'Neal will carry on a massive slate, but this is a guy who's getting pretty much double-digit shot attempts in, like, 75% of his games. He'd be lucky to get five or six threes up in Utah with all the firepower they used to have, but uh, Royce O'Neal, I don't know. I mean, he might be a little bit of a tournament option. Joe Harris still not playing a ton of minutes, so I don't have anything else to say about the Nets other than Durant will probably be a priority. So if you want to lead into Washington or if you have anything else to say about Brooklyn, go for it. Yeah, I think Durant's obviously the priority. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing Claxton, Royce, some Joe Harris for tournaments, but I'm very interested in sprinkling in the likes likes of Patty Mills, Utah Watanabe, David Duke, Edmund, Edmund Sumner, guys like that. And on the Washington side, you know, with this being a 12-game slate, I don't know how much need I feel to, like, fully game stack it. Now, this is, like, this is such a great spot that I just love the idea of Durant and Porzingis, Durant and Kuzma, just kind of something like that. We got DeLon Wright still out. And so Monte Morris is picking up big minutes and could have a game, but like on such a big slate, it's just tough to want to play too many of these guys outside of Porzingis, outside of Kuzma, outside of maybe Beal, but even Beal on a 12-game slate, I don't know how how big his ceiling is this year. And Washington just kind of feels like there might be a few too many pieces of the pie that if I'm playing one lineup, I don't know if I'd get to any of these guys out. But, like, Kuzma's going to project well. Porzingis is going to project very well. There's nothing wrong. Like, even somebody like a Hachimura isn't, uh, isn't a bad play uh, in this game. It's just – it's kind of tough on such a 12 – on a 12-game slate to get – too excited about anyone just because they are efficiently priced. They are. Um, I love Porzingis. Kyle Kuzma on FanDuel, though, is 6,500. That's really cheap. What, what do you got for Porzingis over there? 82. He's finally been priced up, so he's a better play on DraftKings. Yeah, I like him on DK. The Nets are a terrible rebounding team, like atrocious. They are... Bottom of the I honestly think more. I would rather play Kyle Kuzma just on both yeah. sites than Porzingis with that center eligibility uh, only for Porzingis on DraftKings. He's priced up on FanDuel. I think Kyle Kuzma on both sides is going to be my favorite play in this game. Yeah, the center uh, eligibility stinks, but I love that he's playing like 30, 35, 30-ish, 35-ish minutes in close games, and uh, he definitely has 50-point upside, so... I like both those calls a lot. You can easily stack them with Durant, and there's really no reason for there to be a decent amount of points in this game. Um, How about we move on to Miami and Indiana? At least we got some news ahead of time. Jimmy Butler's out. Uh, Bam is questionable as of the time of this recording. So, I mean, that helps a little bit, right? Tyler Hero's 7,600 on DK. He just dropped 50 
DK points against Sacramento. Don't look now, but Kyle Lowry is strung together uh, like a week and a half worth of like respectable fantasy point outputs for being priced at 6,300. And he's playing a ton of minutes and he'll continue to play a ton of minutes without Butler. Um, then you have Max Struess in his new role. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he has, I don't know if he has like consistent 40 point upside, probably not, but he might be worth looking into for props, um, you know, with how much he's shooting the ball. And Caleb Martin uh, is cheap and he'll probably pop in some projections. Uh, we'll have to wait on the BAM news. We can't give you a ton of analysis, but I like the way Kyle Lowry has been playing, and I think he has a pretty high floor against the Pacers. Yeah, I don't mind that whatsoever. I It won't be one of my main, main targets, I don't think, but he has played well. He's seemed to be uh, have regained the fountain of youth a little bit, and I'm just a little afraid of his ceiling on a 12-game slate. Totally. But, I, I mean, just last game he had 41 points. That was his second game this year already above 40. I just don't know if he is capable of putting up a score that will – lose me a tournament if I don't have him. And so I, I'm more so looking at guys like Tyler Harrow. Um, I think he just has a massive ceiling without Jimmy Butler in this one. I think he's a phenomenal cash play, tournament play. Both sites I'm interested in getting the Harrow, but especially on FanDuel at where he's 7K. Max Struess, 4.8K on FanDuel. Shooting guard and small forward eligibility is very interesting. And then... Uh, yeah, Caleb Martin and Struess, I think, are both fine value plays. I slightly prefer Struess, um, but I think they're both fine. Lowry, I think, is all right, but I, I'm wary of the ceiling. Harrow, I think, is the top play on the team. And then if we happen to get um, Jimmy Butler out, then I think, obviously, that makes – or, sorry, if we happen to get Bam Adebayo out. With Yurt 7 already out as well, I think that makes, like, Dwayne Dedman an absolute smash play. Ah, good old Dwayne Dedman. Death taxes and Dwayne Dedman becoming relevant at some point in the fantasy season. Um, we don't have a ton of data, but without Butler on the court, Lowry and Hero have played 70-plus minutes, and they both get like 5% usage bumps. So, you know, the eye test goes hand-in-hand hand with the analytics here. I think they're both good plays. And now you're right, I think Hero has a higher upside. Now, if Bam's out, that's one more uh, less mouth to feed, and then maybe you can you know, bump Lowry up a little bit more as well. Uh, but you make a good point. There's probably going to be um, guys a little cheaper with higher upside than Lowry, but we'll have to wait on that BAM news because that's a big one. At least it's early, and we'll most likely get that um, around dinner time, if not around shoot-around. Um, do you like BAM if he's in without Butler? Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to like BAM if he's, if he's in without Butler. Um, and then if he's not, Weirdly enough, like if he's out, the one of the biggest thing that impacts for me is how much I like Indiana because obviously Bam is a very strong defender, as is Jimmy Butler. So this defense as a team should not be at quite as strong. The thing with Indiana is everybody's back. And so they're priced relatively appropriately, except for um well, you still have Miles Turner on DraftKings at fifty seven hundred. Mathurin on DraftKings is fifty nine. That's still too cheap for him so even though these guys are healthy and all in they're not to me priced quite as efficiently as a team like say Washington is so I I'm going to be interested in getting to um to Indiana but especially if I'm ending up playing Struess and Deadman and 
uh, Harrow all in my lineup because we have all of this value from Miami, then I'm probably going to want to run it back with uh, Halliburton, a Mathurin, or a Turner on the other side. Yeah, um, Buddy Heald is on a bit of a heater, one of the streakiest DFSers uh, since he's been in the league. He's uh, hoisting more than he was in the beginning of the season. Another guy who in that price range is like, well, you know, what kind of upside does he have? But, I mean, he's gone for 40-plus DK points in each of the last two games. He's shooting the lights out. And um, I think some of these shots are digging in a little bit of Halliburton's production, who has plateaued a little bit over the last um, couple of days. But I think you're right. If Bam's off and Butler's off, this is just a different defensive team. Kyle Lowry's not the defender he was. Tyler Hero doesn't play defense. So, I think maybe – I think you could play a little Buddy Heald and if you want to ride the wave a little bit. I'd be more willing to play healed on DraftKings where he's cheaper and you get that uh, three-point bonus. Yeah. But I do view view healed similarly how I view Kyle Lowry is. In a vacuum, they are not bad plays. However, on a 12-game slate, I'm not looking for 5X, 6X. Like I need 8, 9X out of all of my players or at least my non-studs. To, I, I, over, to be winning I overreacted. A Halliburton had one bad game. He's you know, <laughs> still there. What's his FanDuel price? I have DraftKings in front of me. On FanDuel, he's 87. And he's 84 on DK. This is a 9K plus guy, right? Like, why are we yes, not there 100%, 100%. Why are we not there? And uh, so Hallibur- like Halliburton, is, if, especially if we get Bam out, like the idea of playing Halliburton and running it back with three heat it's a very, very interesting uh, type situation. And, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking on this Indiana-Miami game and the Brooklyn-Washington game because those are the two with news that we already know and they have great plays walked into that game. So I kind of feel like the game's in the middle here. We're going to be able to run through pretty quick until we get to some of these last games as a late-night hammer that'll probably be quite well-owned because of how much we, and I'm assuming the industry, will like these first two games. Well, there's one more big one. There's two more seven Eastern games. Let's get the other big one out of the way. Philadelphia and New York. Uh, Man, Philadelphia just can't have nice things. I mean, the Eagles are good. The Phillies, we'll see what happens in the World Series. But the 76ers, James Harden looked great. He was in great shape. Tyrese Maxey's coming on. Boom. Harden tore a ligament in his foot. uh, He's a tendon strain. He's expected to miss about a month. So, good Lord. Joel Embiid is questionable for Friday, and uh, Harden is obviously out. And Tyrese Maxey, 6,500, has been nothing short of incredible when he has opportunity. Do you care that he's taking on the Knicks and the slow, decent defense? Or is this a Maxey, don't overthink it, smash spot? I'm going with the latter here. It's a Maxey, don't overthink it, smash spot. Like, weirdly enough, this kind of feels like a day that you can – borderline make your cash team already like guys like we already know about the brooklyn situation the miami situation the philly situation you could just plug all of these guys into your lineups not worry about news later in the game or day or having a late swap and probably put up a plus 400 score on both of these sites it's gonna be like it's gonna that's kind of why when i talk about guys like healed and and lowry like first place, I'm a FanDuel player, so I don't typically know. I I I don't know uh, what the the highest scores on DraftKings usually are, but 
in like the main tournament on FanDuel tomorrow, the 100K to first $7 tournament, like first place will be probably like I would guarantee it'll be over 475 tomorrow. Yeah. I think like we might be pushing 500 on this 12 game slate with it's a bunch terrifying, of but we saw countless slates like that the last couple of seasons when when news like this broke and I think you're right. I'm with you on Maxi. This is a guy with a 21% career usage rate. Here's the last couple of games when MB's been out or Harden's been out or or either or uh Toronto 29% usage. Toronto again 29%. Chicago game 26%. 34% usage in the first game against Washington. And then he had a 26% usage when he dropped 32 points um, in his most recent game. Uh, the guy is just made the guys made a Jalen hurts type leap on the basketball court for, for the different Philadelphia team. So I'm in on maxi. Um, even if Embiid plays, that doesn't change my thoughts on maxi. Where do you, what do you say about Embiid if he's in? That's the question. So if Embiid is in, to me, he is the number two spend up behind Kevin Durant. Um, like we're looking at, he's 10K on FanDuel. He's 10-2 on DraftKings. If he's in, I think he's this, the second best spend on the slate to Durant. In addition, whether he's in or out, like if he's out, I probably lock button DeAnthony Melton and I close to lock button uh, Tyrese Maxey on DraftKings. Uh, Melton, I think either way is a great spot in a great spot, but even if Embiid's out, it would just be even better. If Embiid's out, you're also looking at guys like Harold. You're looking at guys like Niang. Niang, I think you could even look at even if, uh, Embiid is in at 3,600 on, uh, or 3,400 on FanDuel. Daniel House, 3,300. You got Tybal question as well. So those are minutes. Shake Milton might come into the equation. Like, we don't know if Shake Milton happens to start for some reason, then he becomes one of the best plays on the slate. And if you're running 150, I think you include him in your pool anyways, just saying at the mid price on, on DraftKings. Yeah, I agree. On FanDuel, it is a different story. They were prepped. They were ready. Tyrese Maxey is 8.2K. I don't oh. think that's enough, and I still think that he's a good play. But it's worth considering. Maybe he's not a cash game lock anymore at that price tag. De'Anthony Melton, he's 6K. 6K De'Anthony Melton. Now, I'm not sure that that's actually wrong or a bad play even. Like, if you were to tell me De'Anthony Melton scores 45-50, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he's going to play, play minutes. He's going to play probably 36 minutes as long as this game stays close. Uh, he put up a 42-point game in 30 minutes this year. I think he's somewhat interesting for tournaments, but borderline lock-button territory for me on DraftKings. And then these guys like House and Niang and the rest of the crew, there's honestly no point of us talking about that right now until we know about this news. We got a big slate. We might as well just save that for the crunch time crew. <laughs> One more. We need to talk about the forgotten middle child who always disappoints me and never has a ceiling game. And that's Tobias Harris at 5,800 because ideally he should take on a larger role too. And, you know, he's typically a disappointment when you roster him. So if Embiid's out, I like will be way overweight on Tobias Harris if I multi-enter. Um, even just we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without Harden, I mean, 5800 is a fair price, and I, I think he could have a bigger role. What's his FanDuel price over there? Is it doable? Harris is doable on DraftKings if Harden is sorry if Embiid is in. He is a very good play if Embiid is out. Okay. Harris on FanDuel, I'm probably not going to get to at 7,400 if Embiid is in. However, if he's out, I do think he becomes a very good play again. So what do you do with the Knicks? They're, you know, one more mouth to feed this year. It seems like there's not as many ceiling games between RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. Uh, I still think Barrett is fairly praised. He'll probably pop in models too. Uh, I'm not forcing any Knicks into my builds, but Barrett would probably be my favorite if I'm looking for a run back. If for me, it's site dependent on FanDuel. Um, Barrett would be my favorite at 5,800. If Embiid is in, I don't think I'm really going to get a lot of Knicks players just because that obviously enhances heavily having it be Embiid instead of Montrez Harrell uh, defensively. Um, and so if you got Harrell starting at the five, then it's, uh, it's it becomes a much, much better matchup for Philly. And if Embiid's out, I'm also going to be playing a lot more Philly players, so that'll make me want to run it back with some of these guys. Um, Julius Randle's the same on both sides. I'd only want to play him in uh, if Embiid is out. But the one player I think I'd be most interested in as a run back on DraftKings is Jalen Brunson at 6,700. 77 on FanDuel, I don't really have any interest. But 67 on on DraftKings, I think that's a good price. And I'd be uh, interested in playing him. He's a guy that's shown he's flashed 60-point ceilings uh, at, a, at a point this year. And so he'd be, he'd be the one that I'd be willing to go with on DraftKings and then R.J. Barrett on FanDuel. Chicago and Boston, the lone 7.30 Eastern game here. We still got Cleveland and Detroit. Oh, forgot about that one. I don't want to shortchange Cleveland and Detroit. We got a bunch of questionable tags. So uh, Mitchell's questionable. Darius Garland is questionable again. After he played 42 minutes. 42 minutes in the game where he was supposed to play in short bursts. You got to love NBA news and, and what's coach speak and what's bullshit and what's not so all right if one of these guys is out that makes the other one a pretty spectacular play do you agree with that garland i believe is only coming back to play kind of like he's going to see limited minutes when he does come back so unless we see some change in report and he's going to be full go and donovan mitchell is out then yes i like uh darius garland if Garland's still out and Donovan Mitchell plays, he's just been on an absolute tear, so it's tough not to like him. But he's questionable with that ankle injury. On a 12-game slate, a game against Detroit, like, it's just, it feels ugly. 
I don't know what the total is going to be on this one, but I don't think it's going to be near as high as some of the other ones we're going to see. Cade Hunningham, or sorry, this is the Detroit, that's the Detroit side, but like obviously monitor that situation. There'll be guards you like if those guys are in. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are fine. Karis Lavert will be a strong play if both of those guys happen to be out. He'll become a very good play. Maybe that'll make Chetty Osman pop, but just on a 12-game slate, I'm going to want to go other places. And on the Detroit side, it's very site-dependent for me. I can't imagine I play a single Detroit player on FanDuel outside of like maybe Sadiq Bay, but it comes down to the same thing. It's ceiling on a 12-game slate, and I don't think that I see it here. If Garland and Mitchell are out, Cleveland's probably going to be better defensively than they even usually are. Donovan Mitchell's a terrible defender. Um, and so it'll just allow them to plug some better de- defensive guys in there. I don't really see myself playing much of this game at all, unless we get some Cleveland injuries. Maybe I'll sprinkle some in there. I don't mind Jared Allen uh, much. Like Garland played on Wednesday after he was supposed to be like monitored and limited. And he played 42 freaking minutes and dropped 29 points. He had an eye issue and he came I, back. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, like it's a knee he's... injury that he's got now. So it's like. But like if he's active and Mitchell's out, I'm, I'm going to play him. I'm going to play you're him. Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Play him. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm with you. I mean, I don't mind some Cade Cunningham sprinkles if you're playing 150, but I'm not going to force him as a run back because like I, I think the game will be kind of kind of meh outside of the high usage guys. And uh, I don't know if Cade will get there with a lot of mouths to feed in Detroit now. Um, I was okay. worried about maybe not messing around with Garwin on FanDuel where he's 7,900. He's still fine and he'd be in my pool if I was MMEing. But on DraftKings where he's 69, yeah, he, you you play Darius Garwin if Mitchell's up. As of Thursday night, the big three, I guess you can call it, on Chicago are expected to all play. Uh, DeRozan's 81, Vuce is 80, Levine's 73. Do you have any interest in them against Boston here? Let's catch up some time. You can play Zach Levine next. <laughs> Moving over to Boston, I mean, like Jason Tatum, we know is upside on any given slate. If you're multi-entering, like I think you have him in your pool, right? I know he's 10K, but he's coming off a 60-point game against Cleveland while he shot like less than 40% from the floor. Um, so I think you got to keep Tatum in the pool. Jalen Brown playing mega minutes as well. I mean, he just plays 40 minutes every freaking game he's in with that's competitive. So outside of those two, uh, any interest in anybody else on Boston? I don't think I'm going to be getting to anybody else on Boston outside of those two. And both of them are great plays. Like if this was a smaller slate, I'd say, yeah, mix in Brogdon, mix in white, because why not? They're both in the low four K's averaging 5x their score but will they hit a ceiling on such a small slate you know with all the guards that um chicago runs we're probably going to see a lot of brogdon and a lot of white minutes so in theory i think they're probably going to be good point per dollar plays i just don't know if it's going to matter on this slate i think we have to be looking for ceiling we can't be looking for 6x 7x from our 4k guys we're looking for 10x 12x 15x from our uh 3k 4k guys on this slate so uh, they're fine but i don't think i'm going to be getting there and jason tatum i mean is always tatum and brown are always two of the top tournament options on the slate because brown is perennially underpriced tatum is priced appropriately but he's one of the top 10 players and top 10 fantasy players in basketball 
And a lot of people don't quite realize that yet. Uh, he was overhyped and then he became underhyped because of how many people thought he was overrated. And he's not. He's really damn good. And so Tatum's going to be very low owned. And I think he makes for an interesting tournament play. I would, given that he's probably going to be 5% owned, I'd try and get over the field if I was MMEing, but I can't imagine I get to in a single entry type scenario. Cool. Charlotte and Memphis. Should we dive into it? Let's do it. All right. LaMelo Ball is out. Terry Rozier is doubtful. And Gordon Hayward is out. Now, Memphis is not playing good defense this year. So that makes me look directly at Mr. Kelly Oubre uh, and Dennis Smith, who are, you know, a lot of these 6K guys, you know, Kyle Lowry, if people are healthy, we're like, what's their upside on this slate? But with those guys out uh, and Memphis not being fantastic defensively, I like Kelly Oubre at 6,300 on a slate where I know everyone's going to want to go stars and scrubs. I don't mind kind of prioritizing Oubre uh, on this slate. What are your thoughts with Charlotte and their injuries? Love the Dennis Smith Jr. call. I think he's very interesting for tournaments. On DraftKings, PJ Washington is interesting to me. He's priced up a little bit too much for me on FanDuel. I still want him. Oh, Cody Martin is doubtful, not questionable. Nice. Um, and so with that, to be honest with you, Kelly Oubre is not going to be my priority. I, I, he, I like him. He's a good play. But Kelly Oubre chalk always fails. And so if Kelly Oubre is chalky, I don't really want to play him. And if Kelly Oubre is under-owned, then yeah, I'm going to love him for tournaments. The player I'm most excited to play on this team is Jalen McDaniels. No Gordon Hayward. Forty, Sorry, Jade. Yeah, Lynn. Lynn. It's Jade in on the Timberwolves. Jalen here. No Gordon Hayward. He played 40 or 36 minutes last game, and he's been playing mid-20 minutes. And anytime he gets into the 30s, he smashes. He could be looking at high 30s minutes in this one with uh, no Gordon Hayward, still no Cody Martin. He's probably my favorite play on Charlotte today. I like that a lot. Um, both McDaniel is always in tournament considerations, and he should see 30-plus minutes, maybe 35 minutes, and 4,500 is a cheap tag. I like that call for value a lot. Memphis playing at the – let's see here. They are 10th in pace and like 26th in defensive efficiency. So I think McDaniels can get there. I think Uber has a chance to get there, but uh, McDaniels should be great value. Uh, I like that call a lot. Uh, it seems like Memphis has somebody questionable or out every damn game. However, knock on wood, it looks like Job, Bain, and Brooks are all good to go. It's tough for me to play them. Uh, at their prices when they're all healthy, although Charlotte is kind of a different animal and they typically don't play defense. So that could make for some low-owned tournament options for large field stuff here. Uh, talk to me about the Grizzlies. It's Morant, it's Bain, and it's nobody else. Guys like Brooks, guys like Aldama, they've, I've played them this year and I don't think they're bad. Charlotte's terrible against Biggs, so somebody like Stephen Adams might have a good game. But it's the same thing that we keep coming back to. It's a 12-game slate. We need to be looking for ceilings. And I'm not sure with everybody healthy that anybody on this team has one outside of Morant and Bain. Bain has been so damn good. So damn good. Not having Jaron Jackson kind of leaves the door open. Dylan Brooks is still going to shoot as much as he wants because he has no conscience and he thinks he's better than he is offensively. But uh, I think you can still play Bain at 7,900. I mean, we've seen ridiculous upside out of him. 
it's just you're right. You need you're gonna need you know 450 points plus to take down a large field tournament on FanDuel. Uh, so something to think about. But they're uh, not bad plays by any means, but like they're good tournament plays. But I probably only run Morant or Bain in a lineup that I have like McDaniels and Ubre or McDaniels and Dennis Smith Jr. something like that. Let's move on here to another eight o'clock game: the Clippers and the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard is out. Uh, same story, different year. Robert Covington's also out. I don't know if you remember the other night where Paul George was in a super smash spot against Houston and he kind of disappointed, went for like 40 you know, DK points, which is fine, but it's not going to do anything for you. He's 9,500 on DK and he's got the Spurs. I'm willing to go back to Paul George in this spot. Uh, talk to me about Paul George. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, especially when the game before that against Houston, he dropped almost an 80 piece. Uh, yeah, love me some Paul George. He's 8,800 on FanDuel and Ooh. you get steel blocks bonuses there. Like, I brought up about how if Embiid plays, he's my top spending up priority outside of Kevin Durant. That's because I barely consider Paul George a spend up because he's 8,800 over there. Like he's a phenomenal, phenomenal play. And then guys like Marcus Morris, um, like depends who you see in the starting lineup in this one. Uh, Kennard started last game. And if you see or, or maybe it was two games ago, but if you see Kennard hop back into the starting lineup, Sure, maybe he's okay. Yeah, maybe Marcus Morris is okay. Nicholas Batum, sure, they're fine. But again, ceiling, 12-game slate. Does anybody have it outside of Paul George? Maybe Evita Zubats. Evita Zubats, Paul George. John Wall's back in this one, so I don't think I want to go to Reggie Jackson. Don't think I want to go to John Wall either until I see him play more minutes. So for me, it's just George is a phenomenal play, especially on FanDuel. And then Avica Zubats is a very interesting tournament option. Yeah, I'm keeping Marcus Morris in the large field tournament multi-enter pool. He's so boomer bust, but you know he can come in at 5% and, and help you take down a tournament. Or he can crap on a bunch of your bills. <laughs> you know, that's who Marcus Morris is. Um, a lot of Spurs have been in and out and in and out this week. Looks like Keldon Johnson is expected to play. Vassal's expected back. Trey Jones is priced as if those guys are still out. I mean, he definitely has a more advanced role this season. But a lot of these guys are falling in that. What's the ceiling on this slate when his colleagues and teammates are healthy? I don't see myself having a ton of interest in this one. Uh, we've seen Jakob Hurdle's upside, so I don't mind him for, like, super large field dart throws. But – uh, it's kind of a pass for me here with San Antonio. Yeah, I'm always the type of guy that is underweight on Jakob Pertl, and I feel like it doesn't burn me that often just based on, same thing, ceiling. He puts up some good 40-point games sometimes, but, like, is Jakob Pertl ever going to go off for 60 on me? I, I, don't, I don't really think so. And so that's why I never really get to Jakob. Keldon Johnson I would I would include in my pool for large fields, but that's basically it. I love Devin Vassell this year. I adore Devin Vassell this year. <laughs> Not on this slate. I agree. Those are a bunch of 6K guys that I'm passing on uh, on this. Vassell, the cell. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Zwarich, Zwarich. You know, I'm sure you get it all, right? <laughs> I, I had a I had an interview today where I um, I was interviewing Robin DeJesus. He played Michael on Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, and he's going to be in this... Uh, 
upcoming Hulu series called Welcome to Chippendales with Kumail Nanjani. And it's like, it's the story of Chippendales, the male strip club and how it started. And there's like a lot of murder and mystery involved. And so it's like a kind of like a based on a true story. And so I interviewed him for that. And they sent me out like the email and the advanced screeners for it. And they spelt my last name. Zarwich Z-A-R-W-I-C-H. So like sandwich, but Zarwich and like not even the right letters in their mix up. It wasn't just like a dyslexia mix up. It wasn't even the right letters. Terrible. Speaking of uh, weird names, I mean, we got Uniube, we got Siakam, they're taking on Dallas. Van, that was a terrible segue, but I'll take it. Van Fleet's questionable again. We're talking about Canadian TJ, so we're going to take it over to can- Canada for the next game as well. Toronto and Dallas. We got Luca. Dun- so I'm just trying to sound like Stevie there. <laughs> Did a pretty good job. Maybe maybe he'll listen. Yeah, he got Luca Doncic. He's been incredible. I don't care who they're playing. Like you'll probably get him at a decent ownership on the slate. Is like go overweight on Luca on the slates. You can go overweight on Luca, especially when there's value. We'll start with Dallas because I know that'll be probably a little bit quicker than Toronto. So I don't know. Give me your Luca thoughts or you know, 12 4, but you can pay for 12 4 when there's value that's going to crush. It is crazy just seeing the above 60 point averages for Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic this year. Like these guys are just on another level from a fantasy standpoint and like, just give Luca the damn MVP already this year. Like he's just been playing on another level. The biggest flaws in his game in the past have been turnovers and free throw percentage and turnovers. I mean, if he's getting three, four, he, the ball's in his hand literally all the time, but free throw percentage he still has his the odd game where he reverts back to his, you know, eight for 14, 10 for 15 type games. But he's also had a lot more just like 10 free throws, 10 makes, 12 free throws, 12 makes type games this year. He's been putting that together. And that's led to his 50, 55 point games changing into 60, 65 point games. And with that, he just has become such a phenomenal fantasy producer. The one thing I will say is the Raptors probably have multi- more better equipped players than any other team to cover him. Like you look at the Philadelphia, or sorry, you look at the Phoenix Suns and they got Mikal Bridges who can, uh, who can match up with him. If maybe a little Cam Johnson or Devin Booker, but if you, if you're switching, you're kind of screwed if they get, if they get Mikal Bridges off of him for the Raptors. Siakam is not ideal because he's maybe not quite, quite quick enough, but like Trent Barnes. And then of course the main, his primary defender of OG Ananobi, that's as well equipped of a team as you could possibly have to, to cover Luka Doncic. So no one can cover Luka Doncic and he's a great tournament play. However, 12.4 K on DraftKings, like, if there's ever a reason to fade him, maybe it's because he's going to be get getting just absolutely frustrated by OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes all game. They kind of built the uh, the Le- remember when Miami built the team of length and to try to stop LeBron. It's, it's now so Toronto still kind of has that, like you said, that they're well equipped to 
to uh, stop the best players in the world. And not only is Luca making more foul shots, he's taking about four more a game than he was the last two seasons as well. So he's still getting the foul calls. And uh, the way I look at Luca, if I'm multi-entering is there's a lot of value on this slate that's going to crush and you got to punch the right pieces, of course, but there's a lot of value in good spots. So I don't really care who you spend up for. If, if Luca's the guy, he's the guy, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if there's a difference between 12-4 and 11-5. Now, if I'm playing one lineup, my tone can change because NB, Durant, and Paul George are all a lot cheaper, and you could do some more things with that. But you'll probably get a decent ownership number on Luka. That being said, t- uh, talk to me about Toronto and if you're targeting anybody here. Yeah, I'd for sure make a rule if I was playing uh, 150. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be getting two – at least two of, maybe even more sometimes, Luka Doncic, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. In every single one of my my lineups. I'm not sure if I'd include Steph, Tatum, Morant, just in that group, guys like that. If I'm not sure if I'd include them in that group or if I would just want to find ways to mix them in there other than that. But for me, like those top guys that we've been talking about, Luca, George, Durant, Embiid, if he plays, I'm making a rule that I want at least two of these guys in every single one of my lineups. No, I I totally agree. Cause there's going to be ceilings everywhere. (laughs) And I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Toronto wise, who who do you like on the Raptors? If Van Fleet's in or out, give me either scenario here. And I know Dallas plays slow and decent defense, so it might not be as an exciting of a spot as it was the other night. If Van Vliet is in, no one. Um other than maybe Van Vliet. because <laughs> uh, like, you know, like they're not gonna bring him back to play twenty five minutes. Like if he's back, he's playing his normal thirty six to forty. Um like 38, 37, 38, 39, 38, 34. And that was the one that he got hurt in. So um, if Van Vliet plays, I think he's got a good price and I'd be interested in him just because he's the type of guy, especially on FanDuel, that he could only have 25 and 5, but still put up a huge ceiling game because he has three steals and three blocks. He's five foot eleven, but this dude gets a ton of blocks because he just strips guys on the way up and they call him blocks. So... Van Vliet's a guy that always can accrue a ton of fantasy points. And so if he's in, I'd be interested in him. If he's uh, if he's in, I'm not interested in any other Raptors. If he's out, Barnes is a great play. Ananobi's a good play. Trent is a very good play. And Siakam is a great play. But I would not I'd make a rule that I wouldn't want to have more than two Raptors on a team solely based on how slow Dallas plays. I wouldn't mind throwing a couple OG darts just because He's Lucas' primary defender, and turnovers are his Achilles' heel. And OG has 11 steals in his last two games, which is dumb. <laughs> but yeah. I don't love the price, but if you're looking to get a little lucky and some garbage stats, I'm not prioritizing any of these Raptors if Van Fleet plays. I think you pretty much nailed it. Um, we can move on if you want. Talk to me about Golden State and New Orleans. What are you thinking? The biggest thing it comes down to for OG quick that I want to touch yeah. on is on DraftKings, where they're only worth two and not three, you mm-hmm. obviously get – it's, those steals and blocks aren't quite as valuable. He's priced $900 more on FanDuel. Kind of brings us back to the same old, like, just like flip the 
record or the tape player on and just hit the record button over and over again <laughs> is the ceiling there last game he had five steals and, and a block the game before that six steals and two blocks still under 50 fantasy points now don't get me wrong 48 fantasy points at 6.9 k or 45 fantasy points 40 fantasy points at 6k you are not by any means upset with that but is he a guy that can break a slate for you no and i don't no, if I want to have anyone in my main, like ma- like 150 maxing, 100%, but in my main lineups, I don't know if I want to have a single person in a lineup that I look at and go, can they break the slate? No, then I don't think I want them in there. I wonder if we'll see any Warriors rest on Friday. It's the back-to-back. Because uh, if they play, like, Curry's been an assassin this season. He's under 10K on DraftKings. He dropped almost 40. Uh, he dropped 39 on the Magic. They did play in – or was it overtime? No, it was just a ridiculous 130 to 129 game. <laughs> no defense. No defense. Golden State's playing terrible defense too. They so, are playing terrible defense this terrible, year. Terrible. Terrible. Clay Thompson's under 6K. Like, he's fairly priced. So, I don't know if anybody's going to sit. I don't have a crystal ball. But if Curry plays, I like Curry. I can tell you that much. Wiggins has been pretty great this season, but – uh, I think I saw a report they're not planning on sitting anybody for this game. Okay, I hope that's true. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, anyway, Golden State against Zion and McCollum, it looks like. Brandon Ingram. Wow, Ingram's probable. All right. Yeah, he's Ingram's going to be back for this one. Uh, looking at the Pelicans side first, I yeah. think with Ingram healthy, all of these guys are priced fairly enough that I don't know if I want to take a shot on too many of them outside of Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson played 37 minutes last game. He's back. He's ready to go. Um, I don't think we've seen Zion ceiling yet this year. And I think it, against a team like Golden State, where maybe we could see some small ball five Zion in this game, like... I could see 30 points, 20 rebounds coming from him in this one. So Zion is somebody I'm very interested in for tournaments. I'm really hoping he's going to go just like very overlooked on this slate. Nobody's going to play him. He'll probably project for like 38 to 42 points-ish. Probably kind of, I'm hoping, go under the radar. I love him for tournaments. Outside of that, I don't think I'm really going to go with anybody on uh, the Pelicans outside of maybe a little JV. But I, I would definitely make a rule that I'm not playing uh, both of those guys together. It's just, I like the Pelicans and I like the matchup. It's just, they're kind of priced efficiently. Brandon Ingram at 7,600 on FanDuel is a guy that I'd play if I was running 150 and stuff like that. Like, I think Brandon Ingram at 7,600 is a very good price. Very interesting yeah. for tournaments. But Zion's my main guy. And Jonas and uh, Ingram are, are maybes for tournaments. Ingram more so on FanDuel. And then on the Golden State side of things, if they all play, love me some Stephen Curry in tournaments. I'll try and get overweights if I'm playing lots of lineups. Um, and then if I'm not playing lots of lineups, it'd be just the type of thing where I'd play Curry and Zion together. Um, maybe instead of Durant and George in a lineup, I'm playing Curry and Zion, that type of thing. Um but other than that, I wouldn't be looking to any uh, Golden State players. Yeah, I like Zion a lot. I don't like McCollum with Ingram back. 
not playing Ingram in his first game back at 8,200. Valanciunas has only cracked 30 minutes one time this year. You make a good point. Why would it be against a team that's probably going to small ball? I'm probably out on Valanciunas. So I like Zion a lot. Um, eventually Clay is going to have the game. He's chucking threes. He's under 6K. I don't like it, but I, I, would, I wouldn't mind having a couple shares of Clay attached with Zion, and I would absolutely separate and make a rule. I don't want to play Curry and Clay together because if Clay has the game, Curry is not going to get there either because it's just going to be a feed Clay off ball screen type of game. So uh, similar thoughts as you, and I think we could probably move on unless you have anything else. Yeah, I mean, Clay sort of like got close to having one of those days. Uh, Thursday night, he had his best game of the season. But um, still, it's like if, if somebody's going to sit for this team, I would guess it's going to be him. Um, but I do think he's somewhat interesting for tournaments. And then like somebody like Draymond Green, in a vacuum, he'll look fine point for dollar wise. But is the ceiling there? I don't think so. Um, if somebody happens to be out like Clay Thompson, then I'd probably be, have some interest though in Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. Milwaukee and Minnesota. I feel like there's going to be points in this one. This slate is messed up, dude. Like it's sick. If I am I on the expert survey tomorrow? No, I'm not. Damn. Like I wish I wish I was because that'd be my hot take. Is the winning tournament score is over 500 points? Like this slate is going to be absolutely nuts. You know, Chief and I talk about this sometimes. I would love the multi-enter, but I have plans tomorrow night, so I'm probably going to play a single-entry build. Like, I'm just not willing to sit here on a Friday night. I mean, if I don't have anything to do, sure, I'll I'll, X, I'll CSV file it all night. I'll shuffle all damn night, and that's fine. You know, I'll drink a glass of whiskey and just have at it with my stupid laptop and my monitor and just wait for news to break. I mean, hey, that's what we do sometimes. That's who we are, but... I'm going to also drive myself crazy playing a single lineup tomorrow night if that's the route I go. Listen, Giannis is supposed to play. He's 12-6. He's earned every dollar of that salary, bro. He's been so good. I just like, wrote you. That's how good Giannis has been. I don't know how to only play one lineup tomorrow. Like, I almost feel like I'm just going to not play and give my very best content all day. That's one of the switches we're making to the FanDuel Friday video for basketball is it's coming out in the morning. And so we don't want it to just be a repeat of the morning grind. We want it to stay relevant throughout the day. So Dre and I will be talking strategy, lineup builds, game script, that type of thing. And then throughout the day, we'll be answering questions on the FanDuel Friday comment section on the Roto-Grinders page. So make sure you check that out. But, like, maybe I'm just going to stick to that page hard and do a really damn good job of content and analysis and crunching numbers and just not play tomorrow or play 150 because, like, it's going to be so hard to only play one. I really it, – it, it looks like one of those slates that it's going to be so hard to pinpoint what singular player I want to play. And so instead of doing that, I just want to see who I think is getting under-owned on and try and double them and who's going over-owned and trying to go half that, that type of thing, and then hope I have the right combo. Milwaukee and Minnesota. Giannis has been crushing it, like you said. He's only 12K on FanDuel, the nice, cheap price tag. If we look at his game log here, in the last two weeks, he's gone over 70 more times than he has been under 58. That's just stupid. He's 12K and he's averaging, or 12.6 on DraftKings, 12K, and he's averaging over a 5X 
salary, like point per dollar salary. It's stupid. What we're seeing from him and Luca this year is just stupid. And by the way, Nikola Jokic just passed Wilt Chamberlain for the most triple doubles in NBA history by a center. We're truly living in an era of bonkers basketball with amazing quality, not just for fantasy, but for real life too. And so Giannis is a great play. If I'm running 150, I will try and get overweight on him. There's no doubt about that. If I'm playing one lineup, I am not sure if I'll be able to get him into it. I think I would, however, prioritize him over Luka Doncic. What about you? I like Giannis a lot. If you're holding a gun to my head, I guess it's Giannis. You're right. All the length Toronto is throwing out there. And it kind of goes with another thought I'm having. This just might be a slate where you just need to pick the right two studs in the same game environment. Like, you just might need to attach them and hope for the best. You mentioned attaching Zion and Steph in some of your bills. You know, um, you could attach Durant and Porzingis together. Like, you need the game that's just playing at a wicked pace where both studs are right or the game goes to overtime because there's so many great options. So maybe that's the way to go. And, you know, that that makes it a little difficult with Giannis if that's the route you want to go. By the way, Drew Holiday. Like, so on that note, like, so, yeah, you, we got Drew Holiday. Uh, what were you going to say about him? He's been incredible. He, yeah. you know, you look at his last game, he only played 30 minutes. You know, he left six or seven on the table in a competitive game, and he probably would have went for 50 again. So that's the thing is the competitive game. Anthony Edwards is questionable. Rudy Gobert is questionable. Now, if Edwards plays and Rudy Gobert does not play, you kind of have to just absolutely love Giannis because he's going to do whatever he wants in the paint. If Rudy's in, that's going to make his life a lot more difficult. Now, Minnesota's been playing bad defense this year, even though on paper they should be pretty good at it with how much length they have. Length they have. And on paper they should be among the very best teams to possibly cover Giannis Antetokounmpo running both Towns and Towns McDaniels and Rudy Gobert all out there. However, they haven't really figured it out yet. And their defense is a lot better on looking at the names than it is looking at the, the stats. And so I agree. I think I give the edge to Giannis. Everybody's in. I would include holiday in my pool because of how he's playing i would include portis in my pool as well i would not include brooke lopez even though he's been friggin amazing um and like maybe you want to include him if rudy Gobert's in because he'll probably get the minutes but portis lopez not a guy for me on a 12 game slate portis i do think i'd be willing to take a shot on even though you know I don't know if he has the ceiling either. I don't think I can go poor. I don't think I can go. To be honest with you, I don't, if it's me, if it's me building my lineups, I'm saying I'd include like holiday. I would include because he has the ceiling. Giannis, I would play a lot of, but I don't think I'd play anybody else. If Anthony Edwards is out, I would absolutely be prone to attach either D'Angelo Russell or Towns to my Giannis shares and just hope that I hit bingo. D'Angelo yeah. Russell would be too cheap for that role. I don't care if Drew Holiday's on the other side of it. So Also, if Gobert's out, 
fire up towns. What if they're both? If they're both out, then you're 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 smashing you're smashing the Russell button and the Towns button for sure. For sure, but like if they're and if they're both out too, you get some worry about blowout. But if you're basically making a mini game stack with Giannis and those two guys, you're not worried about that because you're projecting it to be close. Um, but if like if just go bears out, like let's Towns has been playing better lately, but let's also remember what kind of fantasy producer Carl Anthony Towns was in the past at the center position. And so he'd be a great play if uh if go bears out. He's eighty eight hundred on DK. Yeah. Also and if power forward out. eligible, which is like obviously he should be power forward eligible this year, but that just becomes very, very nice on a slate like this one. And if they're both out, we can also throw a couple more disgusting names out there, like the other McDaniels or or uh Torian Prince, who are super cheap, and every now and then Torian Prince breaks the slate. Every now and then he finds a way. So, but you would definitely need Edwards and eh, maybe just Edwards out. But probably... you know, if Rudy Gobert is out, you know who might be like my value GPP player of the day would be Nas Reed. Nas Reed season 3100 on DK. I was just gonna get to him. He's been playing more minutes lately, he's been playing well when he gets out there. He's been like, he's always been a strong fantasy point per minute producer, but he's been even better this year in super limited minutes. So, like, if we get Rudy Gobert out, he's not going to start. So we're not going to have to worry about, or like likely he's not. I mean, maybe he does, but I don't maybe, think he will. Maybe they just want to run two gigantic people out there together, no matter who they are. Maybe that's yeah, like, I'm assuming we're going to project him not to start. And so if he doesn't, um, nobody's really going to be on him. And I think Nazareed becomes very interesting for tournaments. Agreed. If go, you know what? If Gobert's out, you probably see McDaniel's or Prince jump into the starting lineup. Maybe McDaniel's already is. Well, then he's probably probably. Let me see Prince. Then yeah, Prince. Is. I think would likely be the guy who moves into the starting lineup, or maybe just given on like Minnesota's not that big outside of their big guys. Like maybe they go McDaniel on Giannis, um, Towns on Lopez, and then they. Uh, put out like McLaughlin or Noel in there, but I would uh I would think that the most likely guy would be uh Torian Prince. Uh, but we don't gotta speculate that. We're gonna know about all that tomorrow. We got two games left. We've we we're uh, going on for almost an hour. Twelve game slate. Power these ones through. are interesting too, man. Like we're not gonna fire through these quick. Why right, do we'll you kick us off? Go ahead. Like let's start with Portland. Let's not, that's the team that I want to talk about because obviously we have Lillard out. Anthony Simons is questionable. If he if Simons is out, like obviously like Gary Payton is out for this team too. Like he hasn't played yet. So Sharp is basically their only guard. Keon Johnson is going to be out there more again. Um I think if Anthony Simons is out, my favorite play on this team is going to be Justice Winslow. And I'm going to get a lot of Justice Winslow in tournaments because we're going to see a lot of point Winslow. Even with, like, I think he's somewhat interesting, even if Simons is in. But Justice Winslow, I think, becomes very interesting if Simons is out. Josh Hart becomes very interesting if Simons is out. I don't think it's going to be a Nurkic day for me today, but. We're going to have a lot of value here 
if Simons is out and if Simons is in, I think he becomes a strong tournament play as well, especially over on, uh, on FanDuel where he is. Oh no, he is uh, up there as well. He's 7,800 over there. I take it back, but I think he's a strong tournament play. The only thing I'm is I'd be worried about is blowout. If Simons is that we're talking another 15 to 20 shots on average, opening up, Josh Hart needs to shoot the ball eventually. He's only shot double-digit field goal attempts once, and it was his opening game against Sacramento. So if he actually he's, he's like get, doing all his damage with peripherals, if he actually shoots a dozen times, he's got a chance to do some damage. Phoenix isn't the best matchup. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic has been pretty damn good too as well. Um, again, not the best matchup, but I really, I really don't hate this. Um, yeah, I was too soft on Nurkic before. Like he's he's in a he's in a damn good spot. He's a, he's a pretty good play. I could see this one going small if Aiton doesn't play. Um, but if Aiton like he's Aiton's probable for this one, and so if this game stays at all close, they're going to need Nurkic to play a big game. So this is a tough one because if Simons is out, like how does this really stay close? I guess it's Josh Hart and use of Nurkic, but a good defensive team like Phoenix. A player like Mikal Bridges, who's going to be uh, matching up with Josh Hart if you got Simons out there. It's hard to imagine this one stays close, but you really can't deny the upside that Hart and Nurkic would have if Simons is out. Simons has if he's in. And then the potential value of uh, guys like uh, Johnson, Sharp, and Winslow if Simons is out as well. If we're playing... Phoenix, like I would not be playing Portland guys, I don't think, except for the value ones, the value as I would, but like the hearts and the um the hearts and the Nurkiches, I don't know if I'd want to play them without running it back. Aiton, his price is good, but I think I probably want to give him a day after an ankle injury before playing him on a 12 game slate. All these other guys are priced kind of where they should be. Paul is fine, Booker is fine but they're only MME style players for me on a 12 game slate. Yep. I agree. Cameron Johnson's still only $4,500 on FanDuel. So he's a good play, but remember this is a 20 to 25 point fantasy score with eight in the lineup in the low, uh, in the high twenties, low thirties, as opposed to a much bigger role that he has when Aiton is out. It's just, no one's going to play Devin Booker or Chris Paul, but <laughs> they're large field tournament plays, and they're not going to make a lot of people's player pools. Blowout risk. Aiton's going to play most likely. But, man, like, we know what Booker can do. We know he's got 60 to 70 point upside. We haven't seen it. Hasn't been close. I'm not making a case for him at all. I'm just saying what has to be said, that no one's going to play him, and he's he's super cheap, but, like, there's so many options on this slate who are in usage increase spots that have super duper high ceilings that it's really hard to play anybody on Phoenix, like you said. And um, I, you know, if I multi-enter, I wouldn't have a ton of these guys. And if I play one lineup, I don't think I'd have any of them. It's looking at Devin Booker is a pretty simple uh, decision, honestly, for me. And my thoughts are if I'm playing one lineup, if I'm playing three lineups, I'm not playing Devin Booker. Right. If I'm playing 150 lineups, I will be overweight on Devin Booker because he's probably going to be two or three percent owned, and so I'll make sure I get at least five to ten percent because of what his ceiling is. The wife's home, so that means Obi goes a little bit crazy because he's hanging in here with me. But it's well, time for the last game of the slate, man. Are you ready? 
We're, yeah, my last thought is on that is there's a case where maybe I use Booker as my conditional player, and by some grace of God, this thing stays close. I want to pair him with Nurkic or Josh Hart because you know one of them are probably going bonkers. That's all I'm going to say if I'm going to correlate Devin Booker or Chris Paul. Uh, I'm out on DeAndre and forget him tomorrow. But yeah, I wouldn't play. Yeah, I'm not playing a Phoenix player today without at least one run back on uh, Portland because if they're going to go off, Portland's going to have to keep it somewhat close so they don't uh, get their minutes cut. Utah and the Lakers, bring us home, TJ. Let's do it. So starting with the Utah side of things, they're healthy. And so with them healthy, it's kind of tough to want to get to any of these guys aggressively. It's very similar to how I feel about Phoenix. If I'm running it back with a, a Laker player, then yeah, I'll get to some marketing. I'll get to a little Clarkson. I'll get to a little Vander, or sorry, uh, Vanderbilt, maybe not. I'll get to a little Olenek. Yeah, maybe a little Vanderbilt. But just if I'm playing 150 lineups and just if I'm running it back with a Laker player. Now, LeBron James, 10-7 on DraftKings. If AD is in, I don't really have a lot of interest there. He's very low priority for me, but it's still LeBron James. He can he can be the highest scorer on the slate. Me, personally, not a priority. AD, 9,100 if he plays. I think that is a great tournament play. Polar opposite on FanDuel. LeBron James is 9,500. I think he's very interesting uh, if uh, AD doesn't play. I think he's one of the very best plays on the slate. If it, Sorry, I think he's very interesting if AD plays. I think he's one of the best plays on the slate if AD doesn't play. A $9,500 LeBron James without AD, AD? Are you kidding me? Um, so I think that's just phenomenal. And with the prices on guys like LeBron and Paul George, it's kind of hard not to prioritize those studs over the Giannis and Lucas just based on if you're saving $2,500 to play them and Giannis scores 70 and LeBron scores 60, I'm probably fine with LeBron there. I'm probably recouping that somewhere else. So um, site dependent AD would be strictly 150 max only on FanDuel for me. If he plays and Utah, I'm only running it back. Uh, if I'm playing uh, one of those players, I've been I've been enjoying getting to guys like Lonnie Walker, Patrick Beverly this year. Beverly, I think it's too big of a slate to consider. Russell Westbrook, I think it's too big of a slate to consider. Lonnie Walker, I would include if I was playing 150 just because he's shown he's got a ceiling this year. I think he's probably going to be a 6.5K player, player later in the year. Man... If this was a smaller slate, I would have more interest in some of these jazz players. Jordan Clarkson has had some monster games. It's a revenge game, but he's 6,200. If he goes for 40, 43 DraftKings points, it's not going to bury you, right? Like on this slate, probably. If it was a, if this slate was a different story, if it was like six games, I'd be like, all right, let's play some Jordan Clarkson. Another gross name is Carl, Colin Sexton, who I thought was going to be brought to Utah to be, play a prominent role. Now, are we finally starting to see, like, a change in guard here? He's played 30-plus minutes in two of the last three games, and he's 4,400 only, um, and he's been playing pretty well. So what what's happening with Colin Sexton, and is he super cheap on FanDuel as well? He is, but Sexton and Conley, like, he's 5K on FanDuel. But Sexton and Conley, for me, are just guys that it's a bit too big of a slate to play them. Sexton was a guy at the beginning of the season. I just 
adored for fantasy and I thought he was going to have a big year, but to me, it kind of seems like they're chilling on him until they trade Mike Conley later in the year. So Sexton to me, I think is going to be a guy reserved for small slates and needing to get different or when Mike Conley's not playing. Totally agree. I'm with you. I think we wrapped that thing up. That being said, in a quick 10 second recap, who are, can you rank your top three favorite studs? We talked Giannis, we talked Luzka, we talked Durant, we talked uh, Embiid if he plays. There's so many ways to go here. So a lot will depend on some injury stuff like LeBron James on FanDuel if uh, Anthony Davis is out. But I think right now my top studs would be Durant number one and Paul George number two. And then if Embiid plays, he would be number three for me. That's kind of how I'd be prioritizing things. And then when, with the amount of value on the slate, I would be going out of my way to get heavily overweight on all of the studs. I'd get, I'd be underweight on all the mid-tier players. I'd be overweight on all the cheap value guys, as well as all the studs. My main focus for value would be my core place to find value is going to be Brooklyn. It's going to be Miami. It's going to be Philadelphia. Those are going to be my three main places I'm looking for value, especially on DraftKings um, for yep. Philadelphia. Um, and then for my tournament value, trying to get really get different, I'm going to look at teams like Portland, um, some Charlotte value maybe, yeah. um, and, and, and things like that. Wait for these later games, try and get some unique, super low-owned value in there so that – I'm doing one of two things. I'm overweight on the studs. So hopefully I have the right combinations. And then I have a bunch of different cheap value guys so that ideally I can find the right combo of ones who 10 X, et cetera. But with time with bankroll management and wanting to save uh, most of my funds for NFL season, stuff like that. I don't know if I'll have it in me to MME the, seven dollar and 77 cent one over on FanDuel, or uh you know i do like a lot of these DraftKings prices though maybe it's 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 the first day for me ever to mme on DraftKings. i've played DraftKings lots but i've never mme'd there before maybe it's time for me to take a look at what do they got over there i can't mme a 15 dollar contest i haven't had any 100k wins uh so far this year maybe yeah. maybe not so like it, it's gonna be tough but we'll see it's always a good time to step out of your comfort zone. I, suddenly, it's super late here on the East Coast. I'm going to have to go to sleep soon so I can wake up and try to find some props. Friday is a big prop hunting day for me between the NFL and trying to find some soft lines. And I'm almost positive with all of this news, there's going to be some inefficient NBA uh, player prop lines. So if I can't find him, I will bet you Grant Nefer will find him over there on Scores and Odds. And if he doesn't find him, I'm sure Chief Justice will find him. And if Chief Justice doesn't find him, I'm sure means he'll find him. Deep bench over there. You know what I'm saying. We have a lot of content on scores and odds. Make sure you check them out too. TJ, anything else? Or should we get the hell out of here finally? Let's get the hell out of here. Let's go to bed. I've had three shows and three articles today. I'm ready to uh, turn the brain off. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you. Hopefully this breakdown helped you prepare for the chaos that will definitely commence on Friday night. We'll be back on Monday with more Morning Grind. So for TJ, I'm Justin. Have a great weekend, everybody, and good luck.